spidey senses tingling. Now out. Ladies and gentlemen, Slimbo Slice as the host of the Paper Keg Show, episode 188. Welcome to the show. Three fathers that get together to talk about the books they read during the week, ignoring their family. And then we'll also read the same book together, and then we'll talk about it in a book club. The book that kick-started this podcast from extended hiatus. Neil Gaiman, Sandman, Volume 2. And then we'll read your letters to close out the show. Live. To take. If we have any this week. I don't know. I don't know. So who knows? I ignore those emails to begin with. <laughs> Some life you live over there. <laughs> Semi-charmed, one might say. Semi-charmed host, if we want to be honest. We have three hosts... The first one, wearing a show sponsor, Haynes White Tea. He's looking fantastic. Mm. He is he is waving around his new Jawbone 24 as if someone, please someone ask me about it. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this host, sponsored by the new Jawbone 24. Um, thank you so much for having me. Please download the Up app on your phones. And it's a pleasure to be here. Jimsy now at Jawbone Shill <laughs> on the podcast. It's only a matter of time. Jones is going to be an elliptical shill soon. He's going to be telling oh, us how many, how many steps Very he's climbing up. Soon. Uh, Very soon. I'm going to be spamming your timelines with exercise-related tweets. Dale underscore A. He, you know, I just want to be honest right now. Your hair, tremendous today. Thank Silver you. Fox. Wow, thank you. It's, uh, yeah, it's, thanks. I don't know how Do, it stays like this. It, I think it gets better as soon as I, your, uh, natural as soon as we go live. Yeah. And it's, not, you, and it's nothing but ultra perm. <laughs> Body glide in your hair. That's the secret that nobody would have guessed. <laughs> you're a father. You're VP of merch. Uh, you're wearing, you're not, I don't see a shawl this evening, but you've been lighting up Facebook. Lately, actually, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Have you been posting on Facebook lately? I haven't seen any posts. No, I haven't posted since uh, the day I hung my Christmas lights up two weeks before Christmas. Yeah, what's going on? I haven't seen any Facebook posts. Yeah, right, there we Bones go. Everybody asks Jonesy if he's on Facebook because he's not. All right, mission accomplished. Continue back to Dale. What happened in Christmas that made you want to <laughs> ignore Facebook? Please. You know, I just I found myself, you know, getting lost in it. Sure, do I like entertaining the people? Yes, I like entertaining the people. Do I like the positive reactions of uh, Slim not paying attention to what I'm saying right now by trying to smack his wife with his Chicago Blackhawks hat? Sure. But I just found myself, you know, putting too much energy. In, Crafting into, that perfect post. Into uh, putting and having that app on my phone. I was like, uh, it was like Freddy Krueger was sticking his little head out of my AMOLED screen and trying to reach through and give me a kiss and shove mm-hmm. my face into the phone screen. Oh, man. You know, yeah. like one of those There's Freddy Krueger movies. Tech news. Is there not for you this week as well? Who are you talking to? Huge technological news. Yeah, Dale? you're right. There is. Uh, you know, I don't know if the, this is the this proper is a comics form. podcast. Yeah. Jonesy, come on. Say this kind of thing. Can you for read text comics mode. on it? Can he read the comics on it? I can, and it's a damn fine experience. But uh, so you know, I just haven't, I haven't put any time into Facebook. I just can't. Mm-hmm. You know, are you gonna, are you ever gonna delete the Twitter app from your phone? Breaking news: Is that ever gonna happen for you? The Twitter app? Oh, I don't know if I'll ever delete my Twitter app from mm-hmm. my phone. Big step. Yeah. Well, Facebook is off though. You know, I was, I was a part of a. Speaking of 
my much chagrin Jonesy not on Facebook, I was a part of a six person text message chain today because one person was not on Facebook, Jonesy. And it was, it was I. It was just horrendous. Is your wife on Facebook? No. Well, the Jones family. Jones family. Jonesy yeah, family. Ha, ha Jonesy. That's what I was saying. Not your real last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jaw Jaw Bonesy, you meant to say. The Jaw Bonesy family. Jaw Bonesy. What kind of TM. what kind of products are the Jawbone family going to be sending you next at this point? You're you're shilling, you're always in that app, you're updating it. I'm trolling you for eating a cheesesteak and french fries. That's okay. And then meanwhile you drink some one point two scored floaty McGee drink Who? that you I drink never would have thought V eight fusion would have rated a two point three on the jawbone yeah, scale. That's crazy, right? V eight, you would think sugar free Red much Bull higher. Sugar free Red Bull is rates higher than those mm-hmm. things. That's insane. We need to get back to comics. This is not a health podcast, nor do we have time to start Yet. a health podcast. <laughs> I just want to put that out there now. It's not fine, happening. Fine, then we won't. Hard-cake. We won't have nothing to talk Hard-cake. about next time we hang out together. Before we move on, you know, we do want to have a moment of silence for the podcasts, podcast brothers that have left for good, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Uh, Echo Rift, Radio Free, Comic Tango. Jensi pouring out some chai tea for them right now. Never would have thought we would have outlasted Don Garvey. <laughs> um, disclaimer, I predict that Don will be back very shortly. I don't think I he can stay away. Wow. I mean, Internally, I, I have a date that I've shared in Google Hangouts that we will not reveal at the moment because I don't want him to start it the day after that. <laughs> also, uh, Poly Comics ended, too. So that's three. Ancillary characters. Dear They're gone too, right? AC DC characters, the DC podcast. The it's uh, trying times. The age of podcast elves are over. You know, for, it's time for the age of paper keg man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. How- <laughs> oh, here we go. Here come the tears. Is that Jensi? I was wondering what he was doing on his phone for the last five minutes, looking down at it. <laughs> as he t- Friends, as just- he sips his chai in celebration, and pr- so and prideful. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's the curse to have have guest hosted on the Paper Keg podcast. That's it. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the curse. You be on this podcast, your podcast will go down in flames. Yeah. That's it. Who have we taken out so far? Uh, we named them earlier. Echo Rift, Antoine characters. Not, not just two minutes thirty seconds ago. We named <laughs> Comic Tango. <laughs> Can we rewind the tape two minutes to when I named the podcast? <laughs> Can someone? Take me to the tape, please. I mean, it took me a while to get we this. Need to, we need to move up. on. We need to get into comics. We're eight minutes in. We haven't said one G-dang thing about comic books. We're going to talk about Sandman Volume 2, Episode 76. Sandman was a book we said we would never do, and we did it, so we're doing Volume 2. But now we need to get into the comic talk. Jonesy yeah. loves beer, which I tea, Jaw Bonesy. What did you read this week? I read couple of titles mm. okay but um iron man superior spider-man spider-men spider-men 2099 trolling trolling not necessary <laughs> at this point. it's just it's really spider-verse un- team up uncouth uh i read read bad berries incredible book were. called the <laughs> okay all right everybody uh if you could rein it in the trolling <laughs> Uh, just for a second, uh, a book called "The Dying and the Dead" mm. by none other than Hickmaniac himself, Jonathan Hickman. Hickmania One running Jonathan wild on Hickman. you. You know, uh, I, I I dropped off of uh, East of West. I thought it got a little too convoluted, sure, sure. and I was like, maybe I just need to tap the Hickman brakes. Mm. And I feel like they've been tapped for a good long while and uh so i start up with the series and uh man if you love jonathan hickman this is the dot of the i in the word hickman i mean this is totally up your alley it's crazy sci-fi world building with uh a story that's uh, you know got a heart of girl a heart of gold at the center uh it's very interesting i hope that we'll not answer a lot of questions if that makes any sense 
I mean, the premises, there's like a, a an old colonel whose wife is dying of cancer. And he kind of has this relationship with this ancient city. And the city itself is based on the legends of like the Fountain of Youth or like the uh, the Garden of Eden. Like those natural healing uh, stories that we've passed down over the generations kind of originate in this one ancient underground city that's under underneath the uh, the deserts in uh, like California. Like uh, what's that? The what's the what's that? Death Valley. That's underneath. So it's very hick, very Hickman. It's very slick. Art's very very good. Uh, Art was fantastic. I yeah, I, I I thought the. I thought the character models for the people of the city were, were an interesting choice considering they're all pale because they're, they've never seen the sun. Plus they only wear all white. Spoilers. So yeah, yeah, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, I guess he would think an all white character would be grating on the eye, but this works perfectly coloring and, and drawing go uh, mm-hmm. hand in hand. So I recommend it. The dead and the dying. Now, do you good. recommend it for Hickman? Hickmaniacs or non-Hickmaniacs? No, I, I think like this reminded me, and don't get all emotional when I say this, kind of like the first issue of Planetary. Come on. Wow. Come on. Jeez, that is... It was, it was getting close. Jonesy. Getting close to that caliber. Let's let's pull, let's rein you back now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are a lofty thing to say. It Was it too lofty? I think did you I, you went out on a loft and you did just... Did I get out the just, geese on that one? My <laughs> <laughs> <I> word. <laughs> I did read this issue as well, and I think if you are a Hickman fan, if you like Manhattan Projects and East of West, then this is a book for you, friend. And that's all I have. I've said. I hope that wasn't one of your two books, Slim, because I could have chosen something else. <laughs> I I feel like we need to get into the hot release that came out wow. this week. Wow. The hot, 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 hot release. Hot that Dale will read probably 2016 Slim, or where, when we choose it for Paper K. Where are you going with this right now? Where are you going I, with this? We need to talk about Batman this week. End oh, game. my God. Part four. Stunning ending. <laughs> Stunning ending. It's your book. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, we probably talked about it like four weeks ago. Joker's back. Mm-hmm. And Back he's causing again. some crazy stuff to happen. People going crazy Joker style in the city. Bruce Wayne is crapping his tights because mm. he can't find an antidote. Moreover than that, Joker is seemingly shot to death by Jim Gordon. Mm. Doesn't phase him. And not only that, but Alfred's daughter. It doesn't Penny, phase Joker? Uh, he, he he goes down, but then he comes right back up. Oh, man. And, and he, goes he almost murders that, Jim Gordon, yeah. puts an axe in his chest. Oh Don't worry, God. Jim's fine. Obviously not a, a wound to worry yourself about, an axe fine in your ish. chest. Yeah. Uh, Penny, too, uh, Alfred's long-lost daughter, helping the team out lately, she uncovers, she does a, obviously you're, you're trying to take down the Joker, you're going to do a search on Joker's face across all history databases. Let's Duh. do that search. Duh. Shocking results, Joker's face is turning up in some of the worst tragedies in Gotham's history, in photos. Oh, you know, someone, some building goes up in 1800, Joker's there. Someone gets murdered, you know, 1600. I don't even know if they had photographs back then. Joker's it's face is there. Classic Jack it's just a water, Just a watercolor of Joker's <laughs> yeah. face. So Batman is starting to lose his mind, thinking he... Uh, the, massive spoilers. You need to fast forward. Joker, they've, they've figured out that... Joker, there's a line of people in Gotham. Dale, if you want to leave the room, I understand. They find out that Joker is a, there's a a line of people that have this kind of healing thing. They're a line of like super beings. Not super beings, but they have this like weird healing factor, essentially. And they can live forever. At some point, their cells start marking time. Like they don't age and they don't degrade mm-hmm. they just kind of they kind of just keep replenishing at a normal rate so the there's a, a theory that joker might possibly be one of these people that has this kind of lazarus style thing so uh raz al <laughs> he has uh like some of this that he uses in his lazarus pit 
And so now you're thinking like, wait a minute. So Joker maybe has been alive for hundreds of years and he's been in Gotham for this long and that's why he's never died. And so now like Batman's starting to think about this and he's like getting nutty. He's like, wait, that's not possible. That, that can't be the case. And the issue ends like it's some, one of the endings is Joker swimming underwater. So you, you're led to believe that he's swimming back to the Batcave. At least that's what I'm thinking. And he's wearing this little that's, adorable little swimsuit and, and goggles, one piece. And but then there's another shock ending, which made my my butt cheeks loose just <laughs> seeing it happen. Which I'm really excited to see. I mean, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if if Joker is actually can heal and heal over again, and he's like almost immortal. I feel like that could be the cop out where Batman kills him. And then he just goes missing and maybe he'll come back since he's allegedly healed before or they'll keep it a mystery and say they won't answer that question. Kind of like Bruce Wayne's brother. Remember him? Whatever happened to him? Wow. Good callback. Oh yeah. The crazy brother. I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, Batman, their run is like when this book is out, it's the first thing I read Mm. every, every month. Like I push everything aside to read this. So there you have it. I'm so I don't far know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so far behind. I don't know if I could ever. Yeah. Salim, to, to your point, the fact uh, that he's swimming back, I immediately thought of the end of Death of a Family, where he's telling the group there's no way he could have possibly have survived, you know, underneath the bat boat and, mm-hmm. like, found his way through all the waterways. Like, if he can really heal, like this book is oh, suggesting, yeah. of course he could that. have. Yeah. I mean, maybe he, yeah, he never thought that he had some kind of, you know, special thing him. happening with him. Because there was a moment where he was calling Dick Grayson on the phone, Dale, and he reveals to Dick that he knows my secret identity. I think it's like the issue before this, mm-hmm. Joker, I think, calls him Bruce uh, right, right to his face oh, or something snap. that reveals. So yeah. Joker, he tells Dick this and he's like, he knows. And Dick Grayson's like, okay, well then it's over. You know, everything we fought for, it's over right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, okay, what were the next steps? And Bruce is like, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. So it was really cool. Like he's like perplexed. Wow. Yeah. It's, oh, but I will say this is why I think it's a hoax. Penny two does that facial recognition software maybe penny what? two is uh harley quinn in disguise uh, what are the chances that joker was in all of these photographs and placed himself in a position to be photographed near all of these disasters I, I mean, it just it, doesn't make sense so the person feeding batman this information cannot be trustworthy i yeah. think he's about to be betrayed i mean she has she was essentially thrown in in this storyline i think she debuted in eternal the weekly. So, I mean, if, I mean, that is a sound theory that she's in on it with Joker. We'll see. Mm. We got to wait a whole other four Can't weeks wait. until the next issue comes out. I know it's killing me. What a, I mean, woof, this run, speaking uh, of gonna, which, I'm going to Dale level omnibuses on this. <laughs> oh my God. gosh. That's high praise. Some of my favorite episodes are where we talked about this run. The first, the first Batman trade. You, when you picked it apart, like a surgeon, <laughs> Out of love. But it was still entertaining. Out of fandom. But I was going to say, the callback last week, Sarah of the comic book shop in Delaware, show sponsor, said that I predicted the all-new X-Men. But I, what I was actually doing, I looked up the time, and they had announced all-new X-Men like a month before that. So I was actually oh. just trying to pe- uh, piece in the time frame. Oh, okay. As much as I would love to make myself yeah. look like a super genius, it actually was not the case that time. Not that, that one, one time. time. Dale underscore Ray. Super sexy silver fox genius. What did you read this week? I read... I went back to the last week, Kives. Okay. <laughs> and I went ahead and gave one of my... Probably my... Uh, one of my all-time favorite books. And it's new number one. A read out of sheer love and nostalgia. Powers number one. The oh New Powers, number one, by Brian wow. Bendis and Michael Oming. And the cover's very misleading, but Powers, number one, does a good job of 
you not needing to know anything about what's happening in the Powers universe, but it kind of catches you up, but there's not a a whole lot that you need to know about, but last time I think I read uh, Powers, Jonesy and I read the same issue, and uh, Christian Walker's original partner, Dina Pilgrim, like went off the deep end and did something bad, and she was not a cop anymore. But in this episode of Powers, she is the main character, basically, and she's a cop again and a detective, and her partner is Christian's new old partner, uh, Detective Sunrise. And Christian Walker seems to have fully went... It's alluded to that he has full-on powers now, and he could be the cause of a huge, like, massacre on somebody's rich boat, some rich person's boat. He just, like, massacred everybody. It's alluded to at, with the body outline that it could have been Christian Walker who did that. But, you know, they, uh, the uh, detectives the, of the Powers Unit get Dina Pilgrim out there to, you know, case the scene, the murder scene, and figure out what's up. And also the captain of the uh, detective agency is like... <laughs> at the end of the book, speaking with a clearly over-the-edge burnout detect- or Christian Walker, who's no longer a detective, and he's got, like, white in his hair, like, it may be dyed or it may be old, but he's, like, hanging out with strippers. And it was like he just bedded eight women. He's, like, yeah. in a terry cloth robe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, uh, you know, the captain basically is, like, kind of, like, begging, begging Walker to come back to the agency because... They are in an unprecedented time with where powers are just going unchecked and they could really use him. And he's like, basically, the end of the issue is like, I'll never effing go back there again. He's like telling his uh, stripper friend. And, you know, I think what's going to happen is obviously he's going to get guilted back into going and being a, a detective. Maybe. We'll see. But I really like the issue. I, I don't think I was happy with however... The last number one kicked off, but I'm, I was I'm fully back on board. I just I really like, of course, Bendis's conversational style, and it's good to read him. It's been so long since I've read him with like a little salt and pepper language, right? Hmm. Dale, I have a Powers question for you. You being the only Powers reader other than me a long time ago that I know, mm-hmm. the when last I read Powers. Like, Walker was totally out. He had the powers of, like, what I think it was called, like, the Millennium Guard. It was, like, that universe's version of um, Green Lanterns. And remember that? He was, and, and she, Dina, had gone off to, like, FBI. And I don't know if it was that point that the shipping schedule had stopped and that this story yeah. was starting to fizzle out, but I have no idea how it got from there to here. Yeah, or maybe I'm not supposed to know. I don't know. That's exactly where I stopped too, and I don't. I know it like switched over, and it was called Powers Bureau for a while. I don't know. I didn't read any of that though. But I don't know if if it like officially ended gracefully, like there was a there was an end issue, or if it just stopped due to delays. And they're obviously restarting now because of the TV show that's premiering on like PlayStation Network in March. That's probably their angle here but if i i subscribe to it in on comiXology because i really like to keep up with it if i could i really like the first issue like whatever happened before you don't need to know about they kind of catch you up with some past stuff but it's it was a perfect jumping on point for new readers who's never read powers or is super lapsed i I agree with i absolutely agree with that and i think if they keep the shipping schedule steady i might be back on board too high five then Powers I five right now. It's cool that I, I just haven't thought about it, but the uh, the back of the issue was a whole lot of like uh, back matter from Bendis and stuff. But I mean, it's been around since the year two thousand. Like it's got staying power, and it's always been those two on the book and in its many iterations. I just think that's really cool how it's like their baby. Yeah, and it's nice to see that. Even though Powers did fizzle out, I mean, in my mind, mm-hmm. that it had enough fan base, especially, I mean, I, I think there are people who, who know of the story of who killed Retro Girl, and they're not comics readers. Like, maybe somebody handed them that 
volume one is mm-hmm. like, hey, read this. This is pulpy, and even though it's comics, you'll like the story type of deal. Like, Who Killed Retro Girl, I think, is is very highly vaulted mm-hmm. in, in readers' minds. And the fact that it still has the drawing power to make a series, I want to say like 15 years after it came out, is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, and I think... If you know if this PlayStation Network thing catches on, however, you know I'm skeptical, but I don't have a PlayStation, so I can be skeptical. Like I want to believe that it works out, and maybe you know if if this first episode of the TV series like brings people out, that I think there's you know there's who called Retro Girls like four issue series, but it's in it's in reprints and trade and stuff. Like maybe it'll just kick up some uh you know interest in the old issues and there's plenty of backlog for people to go through i literally oh, after first. reading the first issue i wanted to just get up get all the hardcovers i didn't you wanted to get hardcovers I, I, it's so weird i know it's so weird guys we're running like we're, run out of tape. we're running out of tape we gotta move on all right well batman 38 you're gonna you're gonna love it let's <laughs> let's we can spend some time Everyone just let Dale cool off for a minute, and then we'll move on. Two sentences or less. Another book that you read this week or last week and want to pass it off as this week, Jonesy Loves Beer. The Phantom, issue number one. A interim phantom must take up Kit Walker's mantle and somehow also stop his mounting enemies reminds me a lot of a good old fashioned pulp comic book. The Incal Volume One Mobius Khodorowsky, the legendary run finally came to digital this week, and I'm putting my peepers on it for the first time. The artwork is so detailed that it feels like the actual print pages are posters. Wow. There you go first. Lightning wow. Um, Fantastic Four, number 642. If this kicks off... The end is forever. Then, frankly, it can end forever <laughs> with me not giving a hoot. Rest in peace, Fantastic Four. Come on, that tra- movie trailer was amazing. Everyone just cool off. I didn't watch it yet. Spoilers. Lightning shocker. Sandman volume. Two. Lightning, no time to do anything in my life. <laughs> the volume one we talked about ages back. Over 100 episodes, I just realized. Episode 76, The Return of Paper Keg mm. from Extended Hiatus. You know, a lot of podcasts are doing that these days, going on extended hiatuses. But we extended were the first. Planet. Just want that out there and clear. Exactly. Before it was cool. Yeah. Jaw Bonesy, what is <laughs> Sandman Volume 1 and 2, really, to get people up to speed? Welcome back to the eternal realm of Lord Morpheus, the endless that embodies the concept of dreaming. <clears throat> he got in my throat right there. <laughs> yeah, he did. Cool. Started messing. So, after the events of uh, Sandman Volume 1, which is essentially... Uh, Morpheus, who looks exactly like Neil Gaiman in real life. And, so I may just call lead, him Neil. And the lead singer of The Cure, really. Yeah, so Cure Neil uh, is trapped like a uh, like some kind of voodoo captures him in a spell on Earth for a long time. And in the first volume, he gets out. And the first volume is, is about him getting even with the people that uh, captured him and uncovering the mystery of who really was behind him, you know, getting off the scene and why they would want that to happen. And it turned out to be uh, the other endless, one of the other endless who are like his uh, siblings. So it's got a very like Greek mythology twist 
to where the gods kind of mess with each other and mess with the realms and try to, uh, you know, gain prominence. So volume two finds uh, Curaniel trying to put the pieces of his realm back together. So to put it in perspective, all these endless have the ability to create their own universe. And the universe is both their home and is essentially them. And everything in it, while having an identity, is also an aspect of them. So anything that more that uh, Neil creates is also Neil. So while he was away, parts of him escaped the Endless, the dream world, and have escaped to our world, the waking world, they call it. So... There's there's essentially three plots that thread throughout the first volume. One is uh, Cure Neil trying to put the pieces back together. The second follows uh, this young girl who is also like a dream vortex. She's like a once in a generation a a human can gain control over Morpheus's realm and cause anyone who is dreaming to dream the same dream at the same time and it essentially collapses dream on itself it's bad that's all i know i don't know why but it's really really bad and the third story is one of uh neil's darker aspects called the corinthian a nightmare because he's a dream so he's good dreams and bad dreams he has a light side and dark side so one of his darkest dreams escapes uh also and is a essentially the grandfather of serial killers because this nightmare exists and was kept out of check because uh, Neil was captured for so long. His dark aspect basically would travel the country and inspire people to be serial killers. So that's how that phenomenon started. So it's all about these kind of storylines about these three characters kind of interweaving until um, Neil kind of gets his S together and puts everything right. And then you realize that once again, it's one of his endless siblings kind of trying to jockey for favor and, and get one over on him. Volume two. <laughs> well, now that you've explained the whole book, Gen Z, what... I feel like that should have been a PowerPoint presentation because <laughs> make that, a <laughs> that <deck>. was difficult. <laughs> What did you you loved you loved Volume One, Gen Z? I did it, and for someone who thought I was going to hate it, Volume One knocked my socks off. Now, what did you think of Volume Two? Volume uh, Volume Two is like uh, jumping in the pool and having to wade through while your body gets used to the temperature, and just think of that feeling for an entire volume of comic books. Like I know I want to jump in the pool because I had such a fun, fun time last time I was at the pool. And I know that eventually I'm going to be swimming and it's going to be great, but I have to get through the waiting, like I have to get through the the warming process. And volume two felt like a lot of world building that was absent, I thought, in the first volume that he presents here with the, the underlying theme to take away is just that all of these individual characters that you think are individuals are really just Neil. And that's what you need to take away from this entire volume, which I think is is great that he can illustrate it that way and make it a story, uh, you know, exposition by uh, by way of, you know, eight issues of a comic book. But I feel like the best is yet to come from this series, and I didn't get the best here. You keep calling him Neil. It's confusing. He looks me. just like Neil. Gaiman. He really does. I can't tell if he's talking about Sandman, Morpheus, or actually Neil Gaiman. I really can't. <laughs> when like, I say I Neil, I'm myself. talking about Morpheus. I'm going to say Morpheus from now on for clarity's sake. But he does He does look like Neil for, like, truly. I wonder, before I get into my thoughts about the book, I wonder if Neil Gaiman was uh, designing the Sandman today, would he still choose to make him look like he did? In 1990, he would obviously have a different look. He'd probably look like Cumberbatch in a trench coat. Yeah, he would. He'd probably have a black curly, adorable hair. Yeah, he'd wear scarves all the time. Some Doc Martens. Yeah, there you have it. He'd have a police box that would take him through all the different (laughs) realms. (laughs) 
He did write an episode of Doctor Who, Neil Gaiman. Oh, good heavens. Did he? Good heavens. He did. It's probably like Ninth Doctor Rubbish or something. Ecclesiaston. Actually, I I love that guy. Um, Listen to me. I did not go back to read Volume 1. I remember loving it. And I loved Volume 2. It was... I don't remember if I was equally as confused at times with Volume 1, like with the stuff that I fear what Sandman was all about, which is like the kooky... Flex Metallo kind of stuff. There was some of that, but that didn't stop me from loving the book as much as I did. And mostly because the way this entire arc was interwoven together with each other, it just like really, really, really worked in my eyes. Yeah, I don't know if you got this feeling, but to your point, it, like, it felt like the Flex Metallo, like, kooky level was more of Neil Gaiman, the person who wrote this, like, me- like emotionally or mentally getting through something. Mm-hmm. Like, this book feels very cathartic. Like, I'm watching a writer, like, solve something about his life by writing this comic book. Mm-hmm. Are we on the same page what we're saying there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And 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 mostly that those kind of instances occurred to me outside of the main plots of the story like the stuff with his sibling desire. That stuff got really wild wilding out for me. And there were some the the vortex the dream vortex explanations I was I was actually pretty on board with, um, but I was just astonished at how the the meat of the story was so tightly interwoven, but told distinct separate stories, but was still part of the larger issue at hand, which was him trying to clean up a mess that was made while he was imprisoned. And that's, you know, Glob and Rock Gut escaping and the Corinthian escaping. But it all, and uh, Fiddler on the Green, which is like Mason Savoy from Chew in a way. It was, it's just really cool how it all mattered. Like it all had a reason for being like, like the, the two little butthead dreamland escapees who were like torturing Jed interwoven with Rose Walker which interwoven with you know the Fiddler on the Green and the Corinthian it all it all was had like six degrees of or two degrees really um if I may bring the party down a little bit here oh, <laughs> well, let me get my show on um I I think I feel like I'm in the same boat as when I read Volume One, where I thought it was okay, and I, f- I, I my wife reread it and liked it more. I think now after she'd read Swamp Thing, she really liked Volume One. Um, so I have I think about that book in the back of my head too when I when I reread. I read Volume One and then Volume Two because it had been so long, and. I compare it to Swamp Thing and it just doesn't com- I feel like it it's hard to put these two next to each other for me because it doesn't compare to what Swamp Thing was. Hmm. The but what are, what are you looking for I'm them? Lo- I feel like Swamp Thing did this overarching story quietly in the background while also telling mini stories or one-off issues a lot better oh, okay. than what I've read in in Sandman so far. And it didn't, I don't think Swamp Thing went into like a seven issue story in the second trade. Like that, it felt like it was almost too much. Like I wanted more cool one-off stories about the guy that lived for hundreds of years and they met up. So Morpheus Neil Cure gave this um, crumb bum the like eternal life or he essentially gave him the ability to live for a hundred years that and, was and he would issue. meet him up every hundred years to see how it's going essentially and that happened you know five or six times they would meet up every hundred years talk about life 
and that was cool. I liked that little one-off story, and that didn't yeah. have anything to do really with the story. It didn't reference it at all. It didn't reference the back, you know, the dollhouse story where this girl was the vortex, and it was all tied together. I wanted more of those. I wanted the, I wanted to see Neil, you know, really stretch his muscles a little bit in the kind of one-off novella issue, but I didn't I, get enough I of think that. that. I think that's coming. I really do. I think that has to be coming because the series is held in such high regard. I can't imagine that it's all like this. I don't know. I might not give it another chance. Put it out there. I might not go. I might not have the energy to read volume three. I mean, after reading the first two, I guess it's a possibility that it never goes like that because that was uh, Neil Gaiman's timer on his phone going off when his tea was ready. But uh, I maybe it's just. I mean, Neil Game. It's Neil Gaiman's book, so maybe he just. Like, this is the long-form stories he wanted to tell. I can't believe, but I also can't believe that there was, you know, writing for the trade in 1990. Mm-hmm. But it certainly feels that way because the first two volumes are certainly so tightly connected in seven, eight-issue story arcs that maybe that's just the way it is. I don't know. But, you know, so... It, yeah, it's, so I, I see what you're saying and what you were looking for. And it would be you. cool to see Morpheus kind of stretch his uh, godlike muscles well, in more think, than one arc or instance mm-hmm. that he's dealing with. I felt like those issues revealed more about Morpheus than the other six in the trade or however many other stories there were. Like you get to see, you see him have his own little revenge on the serial killers, but that doesn't reveal a lot about Morpheus himself. That one issue did, and maybe and Neil Cure was fine with just having that one issue be the little okay. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna open this window into Morpheus a little bit, but this is all I'm gonna give you mm-hmm. for for the next couple months or however long this trade is. But the it didn't. I guess that wasn't what I was looking for. I think it's because of Swamp Thing that I got all of that and a bag of potato chips when I read Swamp Thing that going back to, okay, people say this is on Swamp Thing's level, so let's give this a shot again. And when I don't get that, I get this kind of fierce negative reaction where maybe if I hadn't read Swamp Thing in its entirety, Mm. maybe I would have enjoyed this more. I have no idea. But, wow. You know, that's so interesting. But, I mean, I will give, I will say, you know, the the reveal of the one um, dream was it Fiddler's Green for whatever yeah. reason. I was a, I don't know, maybe you guys figured that ahead of time. I didn't figure that until the very end, like a dope. Like I didn't realize he was the third one. Yeah, um, I didn't either until the no, very I, end. Until the I reveal. did think it was kind of beautiful that he was just like a sunny glade in the land of dream, and he wasn't a person, but because. You know, Morpheus had left, like, the cohesion wasn't there, so he actually gained consciousness mm-hmm. and, like, wanted to go on walkabout to the earth. And all he was is just, like, this sunny spot where you could warm yourself. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think, I, I just really dug that aspect of the story that Neil Gaiman told was, and, and so, you know, maybe taking seven or eight issues to do it was wrong for some people but you know i i i didn't mind it was these dream these aspects of the dream world escape and morpheus is going to go ahead and try to clean up his mess that he still feels responsible before even though you know he was imprisoned for so long that's still it's still his job to write the fruit cart so he's going to go and pursue these escapees whether whether they're uh they had malicious intents on escaping or not and then it all ties together with these stories that i don't know they're they're creative and entertaining and horrific at times like i just love how the story flows from one feeling to another throughout the whole book and it's like you feel so bad for for jed and the position he's in, and he's also struggling with these dream world escapees, like building a dream world inside of his head, so he can't even dream anything but what these uh, rock gut and slob are building for him inside of his head. And he's and he's a victim of abuse, hardcore abuse as it is. And then he winds up getting intertwined with 
Rose Walker and that family. And the the whole con- serial killer convention was just like, I just had a great time reading a, a multi-issue arc about these serial killers who all got together to meet and talk about their their hobby, which is great. Like, I just thought it was the craziest thing, but it was entertaining and horrific. And the Corinthian had eyeballs for, or mouths for eyeballs. I love the macabre sense of humor when the uh, hotel advertised it as like breakfast cereal <laughs> yeah. convention. And so like people who are not a part of the convention are like, Oh, what's your favorite cereal? And they like, are like, what? Like they don't know how to answer. And it's supposed to be about like, you know, like a rice, Cri- rice crispies or whatever. It's, I thought that was a, a hilarious side point. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it all, I do like how it all works out. I mean, I suppose Jed seems to be, uh, pretty well adjusted at the end which is cool yeah that i think that one was something that i i wanted more from like the jed the uh rose was looking for her missing brother jed who had been kidnapped for years living like an animal in the basement like i wanted more of him being rescued i wanted more of a rescue of Mm -hmm. jed because i was waiting six issues to see what happened to this boy who was treated like garbage for like four years and he just gets rescued out of a trunk while he's unconscious. And while he was in the back seat of Corinthian's car or trunk, how did Corinthian not murder him when he took him? And I wanted more of like a F you Corinthian. We just mm-hmm. rescued Jed finally after years. I wanted, I wanted Rose to experience that kind of rescue and it didn't happen. It was like an afterthought when they uncovered him. Yeah. And also because did Gilbert just happen by a trunk where, a little kid was pounding underneath or did Gilbert AKA fiddler on the green know something because he's sort of supernatural in that way. And he doesn't belong in this realm. Could he sense that Jed was in trouble or is it just because Gilbert just shows up with Jed. He's like, Oh, I found this kid in a trunk. I think he's your brother. I yeah. think Rosa, I think he's your brother. And I, I, that part was a little too convenient. And the part that I, I think bummed me out the most was when, Morpheus finds out that these two beings are messing around in Jed's head with this fake Sandman. And and Morpheus is like, oh, man, I'm going to go wreck shop. Like, he's, like the, the words that came out of his mouth was like, no, dog, this is my turn. I'm going to go. I'm, he puts on his yeah, weird getting, helmet. He put his helmet on and essentially does the Rambo, like, tightening something around his forehead and his belt and his boots. Yeah, yeah, and he's like he's John Matrix and Ray Don Chong. They break into the <laughs> the surplus store, and he gets the bazooka and the combat guns. Mm-hmm. But and then he just shows up and cleans out the fake Sandman and his two things. And Jed, like it's like, he like, scampers away. Yes, Jed is just like a victim still. Like Morpheus, do something about Jed, right? Don't you Be get some kind Jed. of can't you feel an aura of a boy that had been kidnapped and living in this basement in his own filth? Don't you get like a spidey sense that something happened in this basement and that he's a, he's a half mile away at most? Come on, Morpheus. Yeah, like do you pre- just pretend for me that it's a little more your problem. Like, yeah. I know it's not no, your problem, point. but take ownership and help this kid out, please. You're because Morpheus is clearly a good soul, like. He's he's matter of fact, and he's has to take charge of his dreamland realm, and that's it. But have a heart, mm-hmm. Morpheus. But yeah. but other than that, other than that, aside from that, I will say that the uh, the sibling of Morpheus desire. I thought that plan was pretty top notch. To well, I mean, obviously, it's a dreadful plan to um, impregnate a woman who is essentially sleeping because of Morpheus's capture and have that plan come to fruition where that baby will grow up to be the vortex knowing that Morpheus needs to kill that person. And then behind the scenes, that would actually mean Morpheus is killing a relative of his and that would have him banished from, you know, the endless essentially. I thought that was an amazing plan. Yeah. Yeah. Really messed up. Like Morpheus can't not watch his back for even a second. (laughs) I mean, that's some vile stuff. 
It, it's really vile. And I going back to read volume one, I had to reread that 24 hours issue, which actually just felt even more disturbing this time around. Just reading that oh, and the, the, diner? the diner, the diner issue, just one of probably the most disturbing comic book single issues I've ever read in my life. Like that, that issue, I, I was like, my jaw dropped again reading that <laughs> issue. I'd already read it and I just forgot about how just deep like horror that is in that issue. Yeah. I should go back and read that issue too, because that was astoundingly probably one of the, the most hot tense issues of a comic I've ever read ever. The horror that was, and did you see how it tied in yeah. with this volume? Cause Rose's yeah. friend was one of the victims or whatever. Really Holy just moly. troubling, very troubling. I actually, I was expecting that for the serial convention, but it didn't quite get there. Thankfully, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully, because the scenes with the some of the early scenes with the Corinthian before he got to the convention was bad enough. Oh, I thought yeah, it could have really panned out pretty badly for a normal human being who stumbled along into the convention. One of the other things I I feel like we could do an entire episode on the the diner issue, but the one part where the dude kidnaps a woman in her in her car and has she drives him around for like half the issue it feels like or a quarter of the issue mm-hmm. and she he's he's like a nice guy in this in this conversation and she is helping him she's being uh she's showing empathy to this guy so you think she's going to get out of it she's like okay, oh man, okay they're having a good conversation she's going to survive she's going to get back to her family that's okay and then at the end he just shoots her in the face like <laughs> out of nowhere. It just, it brings you down to a level where you just have zero hope while reading a comic book. And I had to reread that again. And I forgot until that's the scene where he pulls the gun out on her. I was like, Oh, come on. Like I've never read a comic book like that. So if that's a compliment to Neil, yeah, then there you go. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved equally love this as much as volume one. I'm just a, completely surprised by how you know I'm not surprised I shouldn't be surprised but I had no faith in the series before I read it and this is you know this is goes you you could listen to episode 76 and hear me talk about the same thing probably even Mm -hmm. more passionately because I hadn't read any Sandman at that point but you know the covers still could do without the kooky yeah. covers of the, the covers book. are really weird. Yeah. The covers are the reason I never picked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, really. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's so much Sandman left to read and I won't do it. But every hundred episodes of paper <laughs> keg. So Sandman volume two. These Thursday recording nights, you know, throws everybody off. I know. Next week, huge announcement. Just Can decided. We the fireside confirmed. We need to announce. We need to announce Jonesy, it right now. Jonesy, you just hold your panties on right Ooh, now. I can't. <laughs> There's only one person that will be controlling the destiny of 189, and that is one Dale <laughs> underscore A. Top to bottom, Dale makes the call. We'll see everybody next week.
arguably one of the uh, most popular segments of the show, the the closing song. The sing-along to the closing song. <laughs> the hook of One Big Holiday. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I saw them live, I don't know if I've said this in 100 episodes, but they opened with that song. Man, wow. that probably just like pulled you right in, right? Black, black and white, just they flickered the white lights starting the show, and I was like... <clears throat> and you had never heard... When, uh, my Morning Jacket before that, right? That's I'd the- listened only to, I think, the live album mm. uh, once or twice, and my siblings took me. It's probably it just magic like ever since. It's probably just like My Morning Jacket just like took the whip and like whipped you around the waist and like pulled you into them. Yeah. That's what they did. The dance whip. The dance whip, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Good Lord. Jonesy, do you want to talk about next week? Uh, one of the biggest shows we've ever done? Oh I. The people have demanded it. No, nobody demanded it. And you're based on your demographics of by, seeing uh, Twitter three from the numbers tweets. by the numbers, which I have full access to. <laughs> uh, the episode where Dale ran the show might have been our highest downloaded episode. Yeah, okay. You know, this means Dale has yeah. to do the music. He's got to yep. do the music in the beginning. He's got to do the music in the at the end. Got to do all that. He's got to yep. pick our uh, our what to read this week. He's got to pick our. Uh, he's got to pick our round table. Unless he's he just pick picks a club. unless he just picks a book club app, and that saves him a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Why did you suggest that? Because now that's exactly oh, what man. he's going to do. I could. I could. I. There are a couple choices I could pick. My God. Oh, I, I think I have a good idea what he's going to pick. You know already. I feel like I just got it. DM me, babe. <laughs> I, I literally I'm have DM. No... I'm going to DM you right now, Jonesy, live on the show. <laughs> I'm so I am. One, I for one am excited for our Dale underscore Everlords. Yeah, that was because... this was for the record. This was decided two minutes before we press record tonight. Jonesy just said it. Slim's like that means I get a week off basically. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's incoming. Uh, you know, yeah. we're not recording to next Sunday, so you have a full 10 days or so right. to get your S together. Oh, God. Jonesy, reviewing my suggestion, possible idea, he is nodding. He is nodding confirmation of my mm-hmm. pick. I am going to ahead and agree with you wholeheartedly on that choice. This could be a troll. Whenever I pick, you'd be like, yeah, that's what I knew he would pick. <laughs> my DM was just nod. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Beasters. No, I, I, I I'm super excited. I am super duper excited. I'm excited to read the book that I just DM Gen Z. I can't wait for Dale to come up with those cheeky intros for both Slim and I. They're <laughs> going to be very cheeky. Dale just cheekily shaked his cheeks at me as I said that. Gen Z just set the record for most times cheek has been said <laughs> in a podcast. Cheek, cheek, cheek. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to do this. I'll uh, I'll try to make you guys proud out there. I believe last time it was my turn to do the show. All the books I picked were just meh books. The Goon. No, Hellboy. it wasn't The Goon. I was... What was your... Uh, I think we liked your book club. What did you pick? Do you remember? It was no. the uh, Anthropomorph Dark Horse book, I think. Was it? Granville. Was it Granville? I think. No. Granville. I like Granville. It was Granville, I think. No, we did Granville. That doesn't mean it was on my app. <laughs> okay, relax. Retract the claws there, Dale. I mean, you know, it's just like I spent, like my segment of the show is just me correcting all the misinformation given out <laughs> weekly. <laughs> Arguably the most popular segment of the show. It just spews from my mouth. <laughs> Everybody's all the misinformation. <laughs> I just run rampant with my bad memory and I don't care who is listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guy's a snake. But you speak with so much confidence that it's like people <laughs> will believe you. See, everyone will believe Jonesy. That's, I think that Jonesy just holds court wherever he goes. Yeah. People <laughs> yes. just wait on his every Listen, word because he says who... it with such truth. <laughs> yes. Such a lo- false truth. A lot That's of you may Jonesy have never met him in person. It. He's the same. He's that good in person. People listen to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. I think people think sure. I know I'm, I'm full of it. Especially and then us. when you, you know, you just, the way people see you handle, like, the people in the service industry, you put an empty beer glass on the top of your head, and in the in, in half a second, a full beer is in your hand. People are just like, my God, this guy. 
Imagine what it's going to be like um, this year. Baltimore Karate Chop will be there. Oh, my God. And Jonesy oh, is doing his, his routine where we're sitting outside in the, in the sun. Yeah. He takes a sip of his beer, taps the top again, and talks to the waitress. I'll take another one of these. <laughs> right, yeah. One sip. <laughs> one sip of beer in. He orders another beer. You know who, you know who, who does that? Full-blown alcoholics. <laughs> Full-blown. <laughs> Functional, though, right? Well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm making it work over here. <laughs> With your jawbone 24. Hey, listen. Do you enter, do you enter the beer that you drink at t- into the Up app? Because I, I haven't seen I haven't any beer. It, I haven't had a drink uh, since but probably 3 Christmas p.m. Day. Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Good for you. If I want to get interest, if, if I want to get serious about losing weight, I can't afford the empty calories. My God, listen to this guy. Susan Powder over here. <laughs> Beautiful. Beer is at, beer is high, 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 high calories. I mean, my, my favorite my favorite brew pop is 140 calories for a bottle. I can't do that. So what are you going to do when we're in Baltimore? Karate chop, living it up. We're ready to just go I'm th- pound I, some. I'm thinking about a strategy, and this might sound crazy. Non-alcoholic beer. No, have, a, have a beer. Don't try to deny myself because that will just mean I'll go off the rails. But have a beer and intersperse it with a bottle of water. What What's the calorie content in a uh, shot of vodka? I have no clue. Probably. Can we get the intern? Hundred calories? I don't know. Hundred. I, mean, I would say yeah. Lord. More alcohol yeah, is mercy. high in calories, even hard alcohol. No, nah, but I think clear liquor is clear less. Yeah, clear is nothing. Than like That's whiskey. what I read. Clear, clear, like, clear, clear is not nothing. Hold on, clear is not nothing. It's zero. You're, you're pulling a Jonesy right now. Is that what four squares tells you? Like, I had you. I had Jersey pro- for a second. That was probably there. just written on a cubicle somewhere on a, a you know, on like a bathroom stall wall. It's probably oh, it's with Slim's walking down the street in Manhattan. It's probably written on some chalkboard in front of a bar, and you take it for gospel because it's cute and it's written in chalk <laughs> with fancy writing. If there's one thing Dale hates, it's chalkboards in New York City. <laughs> oh man, he hates it. Don't get me started. Chalkboards and movie inside. trailers. Don't get me started about them. When is Baltimore Comic Con? How many oh, days away boy. is it? September. Oh, September. Good grief! It's going to karate. Chop. I'm going to petition that Karate Chop adopt me after that weekend. His his Twitter feed is on fire. Him I'm favoring like every tweet that guy pumps out. <laughs> Absolutely. He can't get ten seconds with a tweet. I'm favoring it as hard as I possibly can. In no um, show. On my new phone, you can configure it so where if a certain person tweets, you will always be notified that really? they tweet. You know, yeah. you could do that in uh, iOS, too. Oh, can you? Yeah. And probably not my iPhone. Like it was probably written iPhone. on a chalkboard that you tried to kick over and didn't read. <laughs> God. I probably just, like, probably would have just watched the <laughs> chalk wash away from the stream of pee. <laughs> The fluorescent green and pink chalk streaks just running down the chalk. Oh, I thought you were going to say fluorescent pee. Fluorescent pee. I'm glad, I'm glad it was the chalk. If I see, I mean, you know me. If you see, if I see a chalkboard in Baltimore, snap it's it over, over. It's probably game over. <laughs> no, I'll bring some cash in case I need to bail you out of jail. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Why don't we just steal the chalkboard and when yeah. Gen Z orders us Ubers, we can just keep it with us bar to oh, bar. Oh man, my Uber game is going to be so tight. That weekend. You know, I still get uh, emails from Uber Maryland because that's where I signed up for Uber. <laughs> T- Dale, please come back. <laughs> yeah. Come come back down. What, Maryland was aware, Baltimore was aware that guy got arrested, that Uber driver that beat the passenger to death with a tire iron or something crazy. Uh, yeah, I think that, like that was outside the hotel that we were in. I heard that. Yeah, I, remember I, that? I heard he was whispering my name <laughs> the entire time. I heard he was just like, don't trust us. That's what they kept like screaming. As he was, he was right. He was right. Man, we're talking like we're like Baltimore's this weekend. Oh That's my how god, I wish. we are already. I'm chomping too, at the bit. I had a big s eating grin on my face just thinking about it right now. Well, Jones, you're gone away for like three weeks in March. Yeah. So that, there's your two vacation. weeks. Empty calories. Two weeks in May. Yeah, you talk about empty calories. I can't wait to see what that Jawbone app is going to be telling me. Mm-hmm. Those two weeks. I can't go out. I'm not at a hotel. I'm literally in the beep barracks, and uh, so I, I beeped out my own company name for uh, just so you wouldn't have to go back and Thanks. do it later. So they have a uh, barracks? Yeah, they literally, it's called the barn, 
It's you like might have to a, beat that out. I think people might get it. No. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's like military style barracks that they built that you stay at for the two weeks you're there. You cannot consume alcohol while you're at this training because someone at some point snuck in booze and maybe a young lady for two weeks and got found out. So no visitors, no booze. And class starts at 6 a.m. and ends at 7 p.m. And on you're, you're given the weekend, but you're expected to volunteer both days. Why'd you have to call out that it was a woman, Jonesy? I thought that was a little out of line. Okay, a consort. Oh, is that another word could, for? Could you could you just bleep out woman? Just gonna bleep or you just out. say stuff. So wait, was it a woman that was taking the course, or there was a prostitute? No, no, I don't. I, don't, I think a, a male. Lot of, there's a lot of phrases. His girlfriend been... to stay at the barn. What I think is that an idiot. I listen. Strange this guy's happening. What's, what's he doing right now? Can we look at his LinkedIn? You, I don't know. Uh, LinkedIn. I don't even know what that is.